Well, hey there, Julie Lyles Carr with you, and I wanted to just take a little bit of time. We began the conversations in earnest about really making sure we are having conversation time in the classes that we are putting together. And I know that some of you may not be at Life Austin who hear this because I want to make sure that those who are looking for leadership resources in ministering to women have access to this as well. But let me introduce it in this way. Um, I've been on staff for a number of years now as the pastor of women's ministries at Life Austin in Austin, Texas. And we have really just gone all in on the idea that anything that we are going to offer in women's ministry, we want to do it for the purpose of helping women connect in authentic relationships. You know, I just keep hearing over and over in everything I look at that people are longing for community, longing for connection. And it really doesn't matter to some degree how amazing the event that we throw is and how powerful the smoke machines and all the other stuff. If we if we don't help them get that connection piece right, they're not going to stay. They're not going to find what they're looking for. And so particularly for this year, although it's long been a value within the ministry that we do within my team, this year we're really ramping it up. And that connection piece is becoming absolutely critical. That's really how we're going to evaluate how effective it is what we're doing. We're hinging everything off of a verse in First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, y'all, First Thessalonians, <laughs> First Thessalonians five verse eleven, which says, "Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing." I think it's just so critical that we ourselves as leaders are encouraging each other and building each other up. But then we also need to train and help that legacy continue, that we help others learn how to be phenomenal encouragers and how to build each other up in ministry. And so that's what we're attempting to do this year and to get really intentional about connecting people. For that reason, any class and any event that we now offer through Life Women at Life Austin, we're being super intentional to talk to those people who are involved in organizing those events, those who are going to our tables. You know, we break out in our classes. We might have a, a primary teaching that's, say, 25 to 30 minutes. But then what we want to happen is for our women to go to tables. And we have several expressions of the ways that we do this. We have something called Life Moms in which we have moms who are mentor moms who are at each of these tables. So in Life Moms, I go in and I teach, or we have a guest teacher come in, and then we have women at these tables already with their mentor moms, moms that hopefully we're doing a good job helping train up and loving these younger moms at their tables well, speaking into their lives. And we're doing the same thing in the other classes that we offer throughout the week in our evening classes and in our morning classes there at Life Women. And we just really believe that we're beginning to see the fruit of this. We are seeing the experience of women helping take care of each other, women ministering to each other, women speaking into each other's lives, because we're giving them an opportunity to make sure that those connections are happening. You know, you can sit shoulder to shoulder with someone in a class and never even really know who they are. So if we're going to be in these studies and events together, we want to make sure that we're giving time for that to happen. We're still exploring ideas on how to be creative and making those connections happen at our broader events. We have 
something called glamping. And we have uh, another event that we're going to be doing. We're calling it our cowgirl sweet tea. And we've got, you know, different things that we're going to be doing. And we're going to have to really be intentional to make sure at these big events where we'll have several hundred women, if not, you know, a thousand or two show up, that we've got to make sure that those connections are happening because that's how we're going to evaluate all that we're doing. That's being the church is being connected. So I wanted to just run through a few ideas. First of all, for us, absolutely any class or group that we're offering, that conversation time has to happen. If it's not happening, then it won't be something that we're going to be offering through Life Women. If somebody wants to host something in their own home or at a different facility or church or whatever, that that's fantastic. But if it's going to take place on our campus and it's going to be resourced through us, this conversation time is critical. So first off, what that means is your schedule has got to show that you absolutely value that smaller circle time within this larger class, which means in my case, I teach, I teach live quite a bit, or we record my teaching for various classes that are on campus. I've really tried to work hard to make sure that all of my teaching stays between 25 to 30 minutes, because if we only have an hour and a half or a two hour time frame for a class to be occurring, we're going to devote a bit of time to praise and worship, if that's one of the facets that's available, to a few announcements, and then we're going to have that teaching time, but then we want at least an hour for that group to be able to converse and circle up together. And you know, if women need to come and go, that's fine. They don't have to be completely locked in for an hour and a half or two hours if your groups need to be a shorter time than that. But we devote the lion's share of time, and we're getting even more (laughs) intense about it this year. The lion's share of time goes to what happens around that table. Now, you as a lead, you might be thinking, well, goodness, then that means we're handing off a lot of ministry to the women we're going to designate as the table leads in that room. And you know, I kind of know what it might mean to try to find a great teacher or to find someone who, you know, really operates kind of in that woman of wisdom lane. But but how do I find people to be great at those tables? Because if we're devoting this kind of time, we are giving that primary contact spotlight to the women who are at the table. So I want to give you just a handful of things to be thinking about as you're developing your teams within your groups and classes that you're leading. First of all, when you are talking about a table lead or a mentor mom or a mentor woman at a table, the person who's going to be facilitating conversation and guiding people through discussion questions and unpacking what has happened in the teaching, first of all, you're not necessarily looking for the biggest personality in the room. You know, a lot of times I've made the mistake of going, oh, wow, well, that gal's super outgoing and everybody knows who she is. She would be a fantastic table lead. Well, maybe or maybe not. She may be fantastic at really helping gather up people, making them feel welcome, but the biggest personality in the room does not always translate as someone who is fantastic at facilitating conversation and discussion in a really healthy way around a group. And you're not even necessarily, secondly, looking for the most experienced person, the person who shows up and said, oh, you know, I've led a dozen discussion groups over the last 20 years. I'm somebody you definitely want at the table. I want to encourage you, actually watch this person in action if you have the opportunity to do that before you necessarily place them at a table. Or if you're in a situation where you've needed to go ahead and place them at a table, okay, but be sure you're keeping an eye on it for this reason. 
Sometimes someone who's the biggest personality in the room or says that they have the most experience at doing this, what they really mean is they love to talk at people. They love to chat them up. They may not be great at drawing out conversation and creating a safe space. They may be, but they might not be. You know, sometimes some of my best table leads, my best mentor moms are those women who just have this gentle, quiet way about them in which they're not trying to command the spotlight at their table, but they also understand how to create momentum in conversation. Those people are just golden when it comes to helping really connect a group in authentic relationships. So you may have a few people that you've discounted because you haven't known them very long or they haven't been at your church for very long or they're just not a really a big personality. Hey, don't overlook those folks. They may be the very women that you go, wow, this is fantastic. And they really can be of phenomenal health. You know, the other one that I think is really important when you're taking a look at characteristics or those that you want to place as leaders at your tables is take notice of those who are consistent and loyal and thoughtful. Now, I am not bagging on anybody, but I I will tell you, I've had the experience of somebody who just comes on like gangbusters and seems super enthusiastic to be a table lead or part of a group, or they really want to be in leadership within life women. You know, sometimes those are the very people that flake out the fastest. And I, I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean all that enthusiasm. They love what's new, but they don't necessarily love what takes curation and maintenance. And so look for those people who have been around a while. They've been coming to your class. They've been part of your group and they just always show up. And if you ask them to do something, they do it. And if you email them, they email you back. Those are the kinds of leaders that really help a group come alive, really help a group feel that sense of connectedness because they're the ones who are going to stay in touch. They're going to make sure their people have their information. They're consistent. They're loyal. They're faithful. They're there week over week, and you really want to look for those people to add to your team. You know, fourthly, our goal at the tables is to facilitate conversation, not to dominate. And that's really tough for some folks because they are strong communicators or they are fantastic at being one of the most fun people in the room. And they try to bring that to these tables, and sometimes it just doesn't work very well. What you want to find is when you're discussing or having a chat with someone, are they good at saying to you, well, tell me about your day. Well, tell me about what's going on in your world. What are you excited about? Someone who knows how to hand off and share conversation, because that's what we're wanting to see happen is someone who helps facilitate those interactions, those conversations. Now, they also need to have that ability to be somewhat bold because sometimes you'll end up with a table. Let's face it. If you haven't, you probably will experience it one of these days, a table where nobody wants to talk. <laughs> you just, you're just sitting there like, come on, you're trying to drag it out of them. But I think those who really understand what we're getting at, this place of creating these connections, they're going to understand that give and take that all conversation should have, that it should be a dialogue not a monologue. Now, when it comes to setting up your time, I touched on this earlier, but I just want to make sure that you know, that you know, that, that you know, always default to that table time. 
if for some reason you get in and you have a hard time with getting your media started or people ran a little bit late because there was a traffic issue on their way there, cut your teaching short and get to that table time. Cut the video short and get to that table time. We ran a really insightful survey with our women in life women. And, you know, the thing that's nice about the size we are now is this is a great sample. This is a sample of women in all stages from, you know, a a woman who has just finished up her college degree and is engaged in some of our groups all the way up to women who are great grandmothers. And, you know, all of them kept communicating over and over and over. Those who responded to these surveys that we put out in the past semester or two, what they craved more and more was this sense of connection and conversation with others. And what they really disliked was teaching that went on too long, announcements that went on too long, conversation time that was cut short in the interest of teaching time, video, all that kind of stuff. So please keep that foremost in your mind that you're not, you may think, well, wow, they just have to watch the end of the video, even though it's going to go a lot longer. They've got to see this part or I have this really important thing that I want to say, this devotional thought, hey, cut it short. They've told us, they have told us we need to get out of the way and let them have the experience of churching, which is being connected to other Christians and conversing and doing life together. You know, if they want to lecture, They can get it online. Let's face it. There's amazing content out there. There are amazing teachers out there. And you can just fire it up at any moment on your computer. You can get the lecture all by yourself at home on your laptop. What you can't get is the human connection. So let's not rob our class participants of the very reason they're showing up, which is for that human connection, which means we're going to have to have maturity. We're going to have to sit up, shut down, watch the clock. That's what being a leader, a facilitator is about, being willing to do that. Now, this next point I think is really important. I think it is critical for class and group facilitators to take a table for themselves. I did it for years and years in the early part of my tenure of this ministry. I absolutely was the one facilitating conversation and discussion. And there were times that the class might be a little bit smaller. And so I would lead kind of from that place, you know, where we weren't necessarily breaking into multiple groups, but I was helping drive the conversation in that way. Here's the beautiful thing about that. Even if you feel like, oh man, you know, am I going to need to do that for a period of time? What's nice is you're going to be grooming those who come up after you at your table. They're going to get to see how you help facilitate those conversations, how you help dialogue, how you engage and make sure people are conversing, how you make sure that that woman who's rather quiet you directly ask her to participate. How that woman at the table who's kind of wanting to dominate, you help guide it and cut it back and bring it back to the central discussion questions, those kinds of things. Really important that you model by example how to do it. And if you feel like, well, gosh, I don't really know how. I mean, I'm fantastic with a spreadsheet. I can organize and make sure all the class material's in and I can get the video started, but I don't really feel great about that piece of being a table lead. Well, let's have further conversation. You can email me at my church email at julieatlifeaustin.com. Let's dialogue about that and, and get you some great tools to help you lead by example. But I think it's so important that until your class or group grows to a certain size, you are actively engaged. 
And also, if you are developing a class or a group, and maybe you've got a nice little size group, you've got about 40 people or so, but you only have maybe two or three of you identified as table leads, you need to jump in and be a table lead. Put your focus there. Don't have some sense of pride of, you know, I'm supposed to be the leader or the facilitator of this class. Jump in there and work on it with the women that you have said you want to minister to. Be a table lead with them. Now, listen, this is a really important thing within our church culture. I think it has to be mentioned here. We are gentle about it, but we're firm about it. We do not allow table time to veer into a few areas, and we don't allow our table leaders to veer into a few areas, and here they are. First up is, hey, I am all about female entrepreneurs. I'm so glad for women who run cottage industries and do all kinds of amazing, great things. It is not wrong for people to know what you do vocationally. That's fine. But sometimes we find that people use, and I just have to use that word, they're kind of using their table as a networking platform or as a place to try to groom, you know, recruits for whatever their particular industry is whether it's that they're looking for their next real estate deal or they're involved in a multi-level marketing company or they've got something else that they're working on that they're trying to pull people into. It's a delicate balance. I, I think it's great that we share our work lives and what we do vocationally. However, we have often seen people kind of hijack and commandeer, uh, for example, a cell phone texting group that's supposed to be about building up and encouraging each other And instead, it becomes some kind of platform for pushing out something that you're interested in or some kind of networking thing or whatever. Hey, let's be so cautious about that. And the facilitator has to set the tone on that. Don't be doing that to your people. You know, when people give you their contact information, their cell phones, their messaging platforms, their emails, they're doing it out of a sense of trust. And when you gain that information because you're saying, I want to make sure that you're all up to date on what we're doing in ministry and and I want to send you an encouraging verse and I want to make sure we've got a prayer circle going. Those are great and fantastic things, but you didn't ask for the information so that you could pitch your business to them over and over. Let's be really thoughtful about that. And for any women that you are placing as table leads, as mentors within your groups, within your classes, please make sure and communicate that to them as well. Because one of the fastest ways to create disengagement is for somebody to feel like they're just getting spammed by you when their connection with you was supposed to be a small group experience, a conversation. And instead, they're getting upsold on all kinds of stuff. Let's leave that out. Another thing that we want to be really intentional about is to make sure that we're guiding those conversations and teaching our table leads in those conversations to make sure that things stay on task. And here's what I mean by that. You always need to be providing discussion questions for the material that you've presented. Even if the video conversation or the video that you're showing, the video teaching that you're showing doesn't provide discussion conversations, do your homework ahead of time. Watch that video and come up with four to five pertinent questions that you print off for each table. That is the guide. That's the map. That's the legend that everybody's going to follow. And that's how they're going to stay on topic. I myself have been so frustrated at times, but may have also been one who has committed the error of taking something on a squirrel path in a conversation. You know, that's really not respectful of everybody in the group. 
they're there to talk about the video teaching. And if the video teaching is, let's say, on, you know, how to improve your time with the Lord in prayer, and then you have somebody go on some wild tangent about how they can't stand their mother-in-law, hey, that's not right. It's not fair. And it's up to the table lead, the facilitator, to gently but firmly say, you know, that's a topic that I think we can table for another time. Let's put a pin in that. Right now, let's get back to these discussion questions and make sure that we're staying on task with what we told the rest of the group we were going to talk about. Equip your people to be able to say that and to feel empowered to say that. Stay on topic. The same kind of verbiage applies for someone who may be dominating the conversation. You know, we talked earlier about that, you know, particular table lead who herself may be dominating the conversation. Let's talk about when you have someone in the table who is beginning to not to dominate the conversation. Again, we want to equip our table leads to know that they absolutely not only have the right, but the responsibility to say, you know what, so-and-so, love your heart. And I appreciate what you had to say on that, but I'm going to interrupt you here because I'd really like to hear what so-and-so said. I saw a look kind of past your face. Tell me about that. Tell me about how you are developing your prayer time or where your hiccups are in your prayer time with the Lord as per the discussion questions that we're taking a look at. Be sure and advocate for those at the table. That's, that's what it's all about. Because again, anytime you have a personality at the table who is dominating, that is again another very quick way to disengage those who are at the table. You know, I think another thing that we can also say and teach to those who are at the table, just first session right on, hey, we're not going to get deeply into what we do for business. And hey, let's make sure everyone has a chance to talk. And hey, let's remember this. Brevity is a great thing. You know, we can say a whole lot without having to say everything and a ton. And so be sure and model how to answer and discuss questions without getting way off into the weeds or restating the same thing 800 times. And here's another thing that we want to model and we want to hold our tables accountable to as well. I don't in any way want to sugarcoat or Pollyanna or skim over the deeper things of life. Those conversations are needed. Those real, authentic, genuine conversations, they're very important. And when people feel like they're part of something that's just sort of a, I don't know, fake, you know, faux just all cutesy, they're not going to hang in there for the long haul because it's really not going to be transformational for them. And we need to watch that we have the right balance that things don't become hyper negative. I've been part of groups like this where people begin to just trash their husbands or extended family members or their kids or trash their jobs. And, you know, over time, week over week, the same thing continues to be discussed. You know, it's part of what I love in this First Thessalonians verse. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Sometimes we think that when we rehash something negative, we're being supportive. But real love, real's captive. It's important to hear hearts. It's important to hear what somebody's history is. It's important to be really thoughtful and hear someone out. But then comes the place where we have to challenge each other to come up higher. That's part of the beauty of a table that develops in which there is a lot of trust. And finally, let's talk about this real quick. Be in touch with your table leads. This is something that's a challenge for me. We have such a large group now between two of the primary groups that I'm doing a lot of live teaching for. And sometimes I'll find myself a week or two will go by before I've emailed and 
and I try to jump in there and just email again real quick. Hey, appreciate y'all. And, and here's where we're going. And here's some of the questions we're going to be having. It's something I want to come up higher in. It's a place that I often fail. Let's be in touch with those people who are engaging those tables. It's that's We have our own little community and conversation with them, right? It's really important. In Life Moms, the expression that we have to equip and, and encourage moms, the table mentors, the table leads actually circle up ahead of time, which I just love. They actually come in a little bit early. They circle up for a time of prayer. They share what's going on. They share ideas on how to make those table times really powerful. And then they go out and minister to their individual tables. Exceptional. It's something that I really want to try to engage in better in a class that I lead on Tuesday mornings to do the same kind of thing. Remind your table leads to be in touch with their people. You know, that's part of what I think has been so successful in this expression that we have called Life Moms because those table leads do a phenomenal job of creating cell texting circles and then circling up via email and in setting up, you know, play dates with kids or, you know, time out or dinners with the women at their table. They're very intentional about it. And you can see those dividends that just pay off over and over and over. We've got women who've now been at the same table four or five years. They are just truly doing a level of life together that is so inspirational. So remind those table leads that you identify to be in touch with their people. Remind them to guide conversation to feel very empowered and equipped to do that. Remind them that they have the right to not allow someone to dominate. And here's something that I also think is very important. You know, like I said at the top, you may not end up with people who have the biggest personalities who become some of your most amazing table leads. And that's awesome. But we also, whether they've got big personalities or quieter ones, There are topics and issues that can come up within these groups that really need, really need the equipping and the information from a different level of leadership. I don't ever want our table leads or our class or group facilitators to feel like they're trying to do therapy on the fly. It's it's not necessary. I want to make sure that at least within our expression at Life Women at Life Austin, absolutely come to me. And let me help you get someone who really is expressing needs and challenges and issues that are beyond the discussion question of the curriculum you're going through that is going beyond what, you know, a table leader or a teaching lead may have have brought on that particular day. Let me help you get them to the help that they need. And if you're listening to this and you're not with Life Women with Life Austin, you're leading for, you're listening because you want some equipping and some leadership skills for where you're ministering. I would encourage you to cultivate relationships with great Christian counselors in your area, or if you have people within your church leadership who can get you to the right place, or you have counseling pastors on staff. You know, I think it's really important when you encounter people who are dealing with marriage challenges that are just that one tick beyond what you can really try to cover in a coffee, you know, after after the class, or when you have someone who is dealing with eating disorders, or you begin to find that they have a child who's dealing with some things that are far beyond, don't allow yourself or your table leads to be overwhelmed and to feel like it's something that they have to deal with. There are people out there whom God has equipped, whom he has made paths for education and professional training. You should absolutely take those kind of challenges 
to those people so that they can really get those women that you care about, they can really get them to a place of healing and transformation. You need to stay in the lane of having this healthy community in this circle, around this table, in this group. You need to be able to stay there and make sure that you're serving those women well and allow those who have a a specialization of training to pick up and help someone who needs that extra guidance, that extra holding of hands. Be sure and make make sure that you know and that your women know that, you know, being a table lead, it is a circle lead, whatever you want to call it. It is a big responsibility. It is a privilege. It is something that we want to make sure we're equipped well for and that we ourselves are staying spiritually nurtured and spiritually rested to make sure we can do it well. But it shouldn't be something that becomes overwhelming. It shouldn't be something that we have someone at our table who's dominating our time, blowing up our phone. We want to make sure we're teaching healthy boundaries and we're showing how to live those healthy boundaries. I hope all of this has been of help. The most important thing, and I do not in any way say this in in a means that is trite, as you are looking into who should be table leads, circle leads, conversation leads for your group or for your class, pray. Pray, pray, pray that God brings the right people to facilitate in that way. Pray that God brings mature people to you. Pray that God opens your eyes, that maybe there's someone who's been coming that she's not someone you've naturally been drawn to. She's not necessarily somebody that, you know, would be like somebody you might pursue in a friendship, but she actually has this incredible gift of being able to circle people up. Be sure and utilize her. Hey, I'd love to hear any more questions or thoughts that you have about what it means to minister to women, how to get women into those conversations and authentic relationships. Would love to hear from you at julie at lifeaustin.com. That's J-U-L-I-E at lifeaustin, L-I-F-E-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. Thanks so much for sharing time with me. And I'm looking forward to 2018, a year that we're going to encourage and we're going to build.